The drive to always improve and challenge oneself is vital to fully develop. Discipline and patience remain key ingredients to maintaining growth. Seeking to be a contributor opposed to simply being a consumer is paramount for progression. I'm Joey Bland, and from Circle O Productions, this is Seasons. So, Chinchelle, I think, if I remember correctly, you have taken advantage of a program that we have here locally. Memphis has this great asset called the Agri Center that sits out in Shelby Farms, um, a 4,500-acre urban farm, basically, or urban park that has this farm and agri-center within it. But there's a program out there that I I believe that you have been involved in and completed. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. I was super excited to learn about the UT, which is University of Tennessee slash Tennessee State University, TSU's Extension New Farmer Academy. Um, it was a nominal fee that I had to pay, but I, you fill out an application, you pay the fee, and you and you meet once a month on Thursdays. Um, and they teach you everything from livestock production, beekeeping, specialty crop production, how to use um, drip lines and high tunnels. And we even had a course on drones now because that's really big in agriculture. So it was a six-month program. I went through every class, um, and they also open you up to field days. So field days is when you can go to a farmer's actual farm and learn from that farmer his techniques, ask any questions you want. And I know some of the questions that I would ask is about, you know, disease that many plants get and and, and livestock and how to prevent that. How can I not use so many chemicals and grow sustainably? Um, And so I learned so much those six months. But not only is it about learning techniques and more about agriculture but the networking with other like-minded people and to learn the farmer's name and know where his farm is located or her farm is located. But I also learned new techniques like aquaponics. And I already knew about hydroponics, but I also learned how to scale it up if I wanted to do it in my garage or if I wanted to do it in my basement. So there's various ways that you can um, get into agriculture and not actually have to have acreages of land. Right. Well, that that is uh, such a great resource. Mm-hmm. The uh, University of Tennessee slash Tennessee State University extension program called the New Farmer Academy. Yes. And it's located out at the Agri Centers where they meet. And so you said that was about a six-month program? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. And it's a um, one-day-a-week commitment? Was it No, all one day? day a month. One day a month. Yes, it was and, all day. And it's all day, but it's one day a month. And so you, you've learned all of these various aspects. And then what do you kind of graduate with? Like... You have a certification that you can give to the state. Um, They have tons of resources for those that want to get into agriculture, and it gives you um, cost share benefits if you want to get a high tunnel or any um, tech for your farm. Um, You're open to being invited to ongoing learning classes, field days. Um, They'll also help you kind of navigate the USDA land um, loan and grant programs. And so it really just kind of opened you up to tons of resources and support that you typically wouldn't have on your own. Um, I also, they sent me 
they send me routinely emails about other learning opportunities and certification programs. So I just completed my farm management certification, which teaches you how to run a farm and make it um, profitable, um, how to make good decisions, not only for finances, but for the land and the health of your animals. If Mm -hmm. you have livestock, it was absolutely amazing. So that was in addition to completing the new farmer Academy. You've now completed this course. Yes, I have. And I think for me, I'll be a lifelong learner because I'm really passionate about agriculture and I want to be able to provide my family with healthy fruits, vegetables, and meat. Um, I have routinely gone to a conference in La Crosse, Wisconsin called the Moses Conference they have every year in February. And that's farmers from all around the world. And they talk about best practices. Um, If there's something happening in the industry that we need to be aware of. I remember a few years ago when I attended, they were talking about the death of the bees and what does that mean to agriculture as a whole. I I never had another space to hear it laid out the way they laid it out and how it's going to impact pollination and different crops. And it just blew my mind. I was, I was unaware that that was even happening on such a grand scale. And so just make sure that if you're truly interested in agriculture, there are so many resources out there. Many of them are free. Um, You can go online now. YouTube is a really great source. You just have to make sure that's a quality person. Um, Joe Salatin has a YouTube channel. If you're into um, poultry production, um, but yeah, I'm just really passionate. I'll probably learn about ag until the day I die. <laughs> no, I love it. I, you know, I want to be a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a mindset and it's, it's, it's kind of always wanting to create and it's tied to creativity, you know, and I think there's just that part of us that needs to be expressed, whether it's through music or whether it's through uh, visual arts. I think it's very artistic setting up a garden and learning how to work in the soil. And it's also difficult because my wife and I have have um, attempted a raised box in our backyard. Uh, granted, we're limited on sunlight, and but it hasn't been real successful yet. But we'll probably continue trying. So I want to know, you're doing all of this, and I understand that part of it is just because you like to learn. Yes. You like to learn, and you like to expand your horizons. But there's got to be more to the story. Like, do you do you want to farm? Do you what, what's your vision with this? My vision is to own my own farm one day. Okay, um, I want to be a landowner. I want to be able to have livestock and specialty crops, but I also want to be a teaching site for young people or people of any age, for that matter, to learn about ag in a safe and fun environment. Um, so I want that's my long term goal is to purchase a farm get it up to speed and, and make sure it's high yielding and then bring others in so they can replicate that in other spaces because I'm very passionate about improving our local food systems. We can't keep importing foods from other places. Um, and it's just not sustainable. It's not a sustainable model. Right. We need to go back to the basics and learn how to produce some of our own food that will also not only help help with our health, But it will also financially relieve many families with the high cost that's projected to continue for many years to come. They can sustain themselves and and improve their health um, without hurting their pockets by doing that. Yeah. Well, I want to pause there talking about agriculture and farming to just kind of fill people in on what you're doing, what you do professionally. Tell us about that, because you're weaving in what you do professionally with a lot of these comments. Definitely. So um, right now I'm the president of a nonprofit 
organization and we're going into some of our most under-resourced communities to to try to revitalize them. Not only build up the physical environment with new housing, access to a grocery store or other retail commercial opportunities, but to build the people up so they can learn about policy and be engaged civically to be able to advocate for what they need for their community themselves. And like I said, every job I've ever had, even when I worked in education as the director of student support services, I worked with a group out of Colorado called Community Kitchen, and they built raised beds on our school property, and we taught kids how to grow food fruits and vegetables on the school site and I think it's vital and it's my responsibility to make sure that in any role that I come in I need to kind of show the interdependencies and and connections between land food and poverty because Mm -hmm. there there are distinct correlations between that and so any way that I can help I always incorporate ag land ownership nutritious healthy fruits and vegetables and meat for those that eat meat Um, but also conserving our resources so we can have it for future generations because land is not fine. It's not infinite. It's finite. Right. Um, And many of the resources that we have to put into the land for it to be productive, if if we're doing it wrong, we're destroying it and our future generations won't have access to it. So that's always at the top of my mind as well. Right, right. Well, and that kind of brings up as a related comment the what I hear referred to as the 2050 conundrum and the 2050 conundrum or issue that's out there is that right now I think we just passed as global population about 8 million we've been at about I mean 8 billion I'm sorry there's a b on that word but um, we've been at about seven and a half billion I think we've now gotten to about 8 billion but by 2050 the Earth's population will be at 9 billion people. Now, in that, you've obviously got to feed all of these people. And at the same time that our population's growing, our arable land or our farm land, the land that is good for farming and can grow food, is decreasing every year. We're losing it by thousands of acres. It's it's amazing. It's staggering if you see the statistics. And so a lot of the things you're talking about are really important because 2050 is not that far away. Uh, we sit here in a Western um, first world country, and if it weren't for the pandemic, I don't know that very many people would even to listen or engage in a conversation about maybe not having access to food. But we experienced it on some level. It wasn't even drastic, but it was on some level that we couldn't get everything we just wanted to get right when we wanted to get it during the pandemic. And so I think that your comments about uh, self-sustainability, uh, resources, and especially in under-resourced communities. That's so much more important uh, for those communities. And so I think those comments are really important. And um, I'm eager to see, uh, do you have a timeline on this farm? Next year. Next year? Yes. So you're really getting close. I am. I've been working very hard saving and just making sure I had the skill sets and information needed to be successful in this venture. Well, I love it. And, and you know, this podcast, this season's podcast is really, that's what it's about, you. And you are the poster child, if you will, because what we are trying to do is we are trying to educate people about land. And then we want to see a hundred people that don't currently own land become landowners. And we're doing that just through hearing 
other people's stories and other people's journeys like you're sharing with us today. Well, I appreciate your your comments. And I tell you, it's it's interesting to just see your long history with this close family unit, these um, experiences that you had that weren't wasted on you, um, the smells, the taste, the colors of being out in the country and being surrounded by just this lush green and these things that you've experienced. And it's really uh, fascinating to just hear how that has stuck with you through your life. And it's kind of gotten interwoven with your professional career as well. And then to know that you are actually a certified farmer now. Which congratulations! Thank you. I'm very proud of you for doing that. Um, any, any, as we kind of conclude this, any comments? Because you are uh, a woman who's working. You're engaging in a city. You're you're urban. You're living in an urban setting, and yet you have these desires and these um, these goals that you're heading toward. Any advice or any thoughts that you have for people out there that may entertain some of these similar type thoughts and ideas? I would say anything's possible. So don't give up if your dream is to get into agriculture. There's a lot of people that's willing to help. There's a lot of programs and resources out there. You just have to look for them. But most importantly, it's going to take discipline and patience. Like I stated earlier, it's just like planting that seed. It needs water, it needs sunlight, and it needs love. And so everything we do, I, I believe in choice. If you, you prefer to live a life in an urban community, you should have that. But that urban community should be able to meet your needs. You should have clean, fresh um, water to drink, clean air, access to quality, nutritious food. But if you want to live in a rural community because it's beautiful and it's peaceful and you get to be your own boss on your own land and help contribute to society in a way that helps people thrive, then that's also an option as well. And that's just something I'm passionate about and that's my journey. But it doesn't mean it has to be everyone's journey. But we do need to respect our producers and farmers because, like I said before, they're the backbone of our society and a lifeline to a healthy life life right right well you bring up a good point uh about if you're in an urban setting because that's that's really the um benefit of where we live today uh this 2050 conundrum i mentioned one of the things that a benefit that has grown out of that is this surge in technology and development Mm -hmm. in agriculture and so Agriculture is developing faster than any other sector right now. Yes. Um, you mentioned drones a little while ago. Um, they they are they they are developing drones that fly over a cotton field and are able to identify a weed from the cotton plant and then zap the weed. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy technology that's being developed and tested. But coming back to if you are urban and you still want to grow, you know, um, the Juice Plus company has these these tower gardens mm-hmm. that people have in their home. So for someone that is totally uh, landlocked, if you will, that you have no, you don't have a yard where you can do something, there's still opportunities out there that you can do if you want to grow things and if you want to be a, a part of this. So I think you're very inspirational. You're, you're a, you're a lifelong learner. You want to be that you're creative, you're a go-getter. Um, and I just love how you, uh, want to 
want to learn and want to see things grow and change. And that's a very refreshing thing to see. And I love you're talking about the seeds because I would encourage people, a seed's very small, Mm -hmm. right? But whatever it is, maybe you grow watermelons or maybe it's tomatoes. There's a small seed that starts, but then you think about the end product and how much larger it is, how much, uh, how filling it is. It's a, it's quite a metamorphosis that it goes through. And really that's what we're all kind of going through as well. So Sinchelle, thank you for taking the time to tell us about your story. Thank you, Joey, for having me. Sinchelle is someone shaped by her deep family ties to land and the ever-continuing cycle of growth and regrowth. Seeking to be a lifelong learner pushed Sinchelle to contribute and be a value-add to society. She'll buy her farm. She'll develop her farm into a productive, sustainable operation and she'll include others so they can benefit from her passion. At Seasons Podcast, our purpose is to educate people about land investment with the goal of seeing 100 people who don't currently own land become landowners. Our method is helping people reconnect with land through hearing other people's stories. For more information, go to our website, delta-farmland.com. Thank you for joining us today.